0: For our church, and I want to read it. It's out of Isaiah chapter 66. Uh, This, and I'm reading it out of the expanded version. It says, This, but Jerusalem will give birth to her children just as soon as she feels the birth pains. But verse 9 says, says this in the same way in the same way will I not cause pain or allow pain without allowing some new thing to be born I think that's very prophetic in the season that we're in right now all the pain that we've been through God has new things God has new things. It might be a small thing, but it'll be new. But as a church, as the people of God, as the dwelling place of the most high God, God is not limited to our thinking, and he's not limited to our ways. He's not limited. He will do what he's going to do. And the Lord says, remember Japan? I said, yes, Lord. He said, that nation has no moorings about who I even am. But I moved there, didn't I? I said, yes, Lord. And he did. It doesn't matter whether man has a mooring or not. God will do what he's going to do because he sees a harvest in every nation. I better stop because I'm going to take up all my time here. But I felt that was prophetic for us. I, I'm not allowing pain for nothing. But I want to bring new things And I'll bet you any money. Well, actually, I'm not a gambler, but I'll bet anyway. (laughs) Um, There are people here today that can testify that to the pain they went through, something new came out of it. Hallelujah. In other words, life is a pain for a moment. I have headlines in my message. They're highlighted. And, uh, and I could read the headlines and we could go home. Or I could give you the content. I'll tell you, I choose to give you the content, so don't go home. I think one of the essence of creation is this God has revealed through creation that the words he speaks contain who he is. And therefore it happens. In other words, what's in God, when he says it, it becomes reality. So you can't separate the word from God and you can't separate the God from the word because in the beginning was the word. Jesus is known as the word because everything he says is in him and therefore he is the word of the manifestation of heaven on earth. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And he says, and the earth is my footstool. I walk with authority in the earth. I gave every seed the right to bring forth. I gave every person the right to believe for who I am and what I'm doing in the earth. That's why when you plant a seed, it grows. He is the authority of the earth. Hallelujah. So we're not only standing in the earth, we're standing in the place of his footstool where he is actually walking about. That's not part of my message, but I'll throw it anyway. Why is Jesus called the Word? Because he is in the Word. I I don't know if we can grasp that in our cranium to the dimension that God means it. Because he is the Word. Because he's in the Word, and the Word is in him. You can't separate him from the Word. In the beginning was the word. Wow. Every word the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit spoke embodies who they are. So when the Holy Spirit moves and he says something, it's because of who he is. But it's also because of who and what he represents that is probably totally opposite to where we live. Making his word, I think this is really important, folks, in our day. Making his word part of who you are is the unshakable connection to make him part of who you are. Because him and the word are synonymous. When you make the word part of who you are, you're actually making him part of who you are. I know we're going to talk about the keys here, and I want to get to it. There is a union of diverse things in his kingdom which God presents to us here on earth. There is a fusing of his word to our hearts and spirit by the Holy Spirit providing different elements to the body to reach the world, And cause us to be growing together in the Lord. So the keys have everything to do with this. Coalescing with God enables collaboration of heaven and earth that forms the cohesion of likeness. That's a headline. Let me read that again. Coalescing with God enables collaboration of heaven and earth that forms an adhesive likeness. In other words, when God coalesces with us and we're with him, there's a likeness that comes out of that. There's a changing of who we are constantly in the likeness of who he is. The church structure is made up of many parts that become one unit. It's called the body of Christ. This reflects God's original plan that He exemplified by the act of creation. Everything He created harmonized in what He said, it pictures the harmony of the church. We are church of harmony, not division. We are the church of truth, not lies. We are the truth of results, not maybes. And we see that in creation. What he said is what happened and what came into being. That means that when we coalesce with him, we become one with who he is in whatever he is saying to you at that moment. This reflects God's original plan. When when the mind of the spirit infuses your thinking, there is a coalescing of divine intelligency going on in your life. In other words, I don't know about you, but when God activates himself or, or fellowships with me, there's something that happens in my mind. There's something that happens in my heart because He's doing something. And sometimes I think we miss out on those moments and we just, we, we experience the moment, but we don't really realize like, what are you doing, Lord? What are you, what are you saying? God doesn't just do things because He has an absence of product. In other words, when God engages or invades your mind, you become one with God who began everything. And just like he, began, he, he brought into uh, existence the earth and the heavens and all that, it's the same thing with us. He begins somewhere, and he moves us forward. I, I really I love the worship this morning. I believe God wants us just to abandon our hearts and to worship. I think we should we should set in our hearts when we come to the house of God and we gather as the house. <clears throat> I'm going to worship. I'm just going to worship. And just abandon myself to him and worship. Lose the thoughts of the weak and move into his thoughts of the strong. <laughs> you don't want me to run out of gas? <laughs> so let's let's follow let's follow the process of how Jesus gave the keys. I, I think it's important for us to realize that. When God makes a statement, it's not a suggestion. It's a purpose and action. And so, you see, it's, it's the word and the spirit, but it's also the coalescing of the two with you that defines the meaning of life for you. Let me read that again because it's kind of long. You see, it is the Word and the Spirit together. But it also, when it coalesces with you, you and the two become one. And that defines your life. The Word and the Spirit will define your life That the enemy cannot shake. That faith actually operates very well. We now come to to, uh, Jesus' question and Peter's confusion. Or confession, I should say. That reveals the heart of the Father. When Jesus made an announcement, he was making the Father's announcement to his people and he's, he's, God is about now to take them into a level of operation that they never had personally. They saw the master functioning in it, but now God is personalizing these keys to his people. He is now going to give them something that they have never had before. They, they didn't even know there were keys that existed probably. And so as we look at this, we follow the process, and uh, <coughs> the, the, um, the first question he asks them in Matthew, so here's, Jesus begins by creating some confusion when he asked the disciples one question. Who do people say I am? Well, they saw him as a man and they answered him from man's perspective. Oh, he's Elijah or a prophet and they go on and so on. And and so (laughs) I believe the father's very involved in this question because he wants to open up the hearts of the disciples to understand and come into a revelation who Jesus really is and what the Father has to offer them for them to function on earth. And so there's this, there's this flow between the Father and the Son. So the first question is, who do people say I am? And of course, we know the answer. They answered him. They answered him in their humanity, not in their divinity, because they had no divinity of understanding to the question. And so they just answered him in a normal way. The next question created a mental impasse. <laughs> I don't know about you, but sometimes God puts a mental impasse in me. I mean, how do, you, how do I figure this out? In the mind of the disciples, To the first question, they had human intelligent answers, but they could not answer the second one. Who do you say that I am? Puzzled them. And they were silent until, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter with a revelation, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. You are the Messiah. Well, it's funny, they didn't answer that way when they asked the question, who do people think I am? But all of a sudden now, the Father gives people, Peter a revelation of who Jesus actually is. That's amazing, because John, the, John says... Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And so this, this, we can see the impasse in the human mind to answer a question that can only be seen by revelation. And he says this, Jesus answered, You are blessed, Simon of jonah because no person taught you that flesh and blood did not reveal this to you but rather my father in heaven showed you who i am that's amazing so one of the things about the keys when in the giving of the keys there's an opening of the revelation of jesus and I think we have to have the revelation of who Jesus is to actually function with the keys. And that's why the father says, I'm going to help these guys because they don't even know who he is. I asked the son to ask these questions because I want to reveal to them, you don't know much without me talking, showing you something in relationship to who I am and what I have for you. So the first thing he does, He asks a confusing question. And then he asks a question that causes a mental impasse. But God doesn't leave them there. He actually reveals to them who Jesus is because the Father has a vision for his church in relationship to the keys. I'm going to give you keys. Jesus' question actively opened up Peter's mind to the revelation of who he was. Jesus exposes them to the fact of life. You don't know me. And if you can imagine answering the first question and then get a revelation in the second question, I wonder what they thought about their first answer. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, uh, you know the fathers probably having fun in heaven. Uh, I'm going to see. I'm going to let them see Jesus from a human point of view, but then I'm going to show him from my point of view who he is. And I think that's very, that's very a, a very principled thing with God when it comes to us walking with the keys. Who is Jesus? He's more than just the Lamb of God that takes the sin of the world. He's the King of King and the Lord of Lords. He is not just making a suggestion here. He's making an announcement. He's offering something that the Father has for the house of God for us to exercise and walk in. <clears throat> Flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, Peter, but my heavenly Father opened heaven and coalesced so you could know who I really am. If you ever read your Bible, do you ever ask yourself a question? Do that because sometimes revelation comes through questions. We see here the Father bringing revelation to the house. For the success of his house, he is building. Hallelujah. We are not called to fail. We're not on the failure road. We were till we got saved. But we are on the road of success. We are on the road of what is positive, not negative. We are on the road of life. We are in the road of overcoming. We are in a road of authority. Hallelujah. And I, And I think we need to see things from God's perspective because sometimes we're just like those disciples. When we see things from just a human point of view, we miss the revelation of God in the situation that we find ourselves in. What he was saying is, All of your opinions were wrong until revelation came from the Father. I could just hear the Father in heaven. Oh, you're Elijah. Wrong. Oh, you're one of the prophets. Wrong. (laughs) Just keep going because I'm going to show you who he really is. (laughs) You know, this is really encouraging because the God doesn't let us in our own human thoughts. He'll actually move us forward. Hallelujah. Because he has a life for us to live, not an existence. He is saying no human deduction is capable of entering the the jurisdictions of the eternal. Without revelation. No human deduction can ever enter into the eternal without revelation. And I think that's why it's important for us to know who God is, to know who Jesus is, to know the Holy Spirit. They're not myths. Their kingdom reality. Their kingdom life. Revelation from the divine source is the only information of what God wants you to know and act upon. And I remember some of this stuff, like, you know, my ways are not your ways. And I remember some of the things God did in the form fields was not my way at all. In fact, It kind of shocked me that his way shocked me, actually, because I didn't expect that. God will do what he's going to do, the way he's going to do it. And what I find in my mind is this. I have come to deductions that are really not accurate because we live in a world of Christianity that has a philosophy that is subject to only humanity. That's true. We have a philosophy of the kingdom of God, just subject to humanity. It's my opinion. Well, your opinion doesn't matter. It's what God said that matters. Hallelujah. I'm glad that he shakes our world sometimes. I say, look, get out of your thinking, man. Get in the mind. I say, Lord, where can I find it? Read the word. I can just see God in heaven. I'm going to give him the word. And then I'm going to send them the word. And he's going to live the word. And then I'm going to give them the Holy Ghost. And they're going to walk in the word. Glory to God. The disciples were subject to the revelation of God. Every word the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit spoke by revelation embodies who they are. In other words... <clears throat> when, we, when we accept the word for what, just what it says without our deductions or our theologies or our philosophies, we get to know who he really is because we have not watered it down with our opinion without revelation. So when the woman over in the Philippines, um, over in, in, in uh, Costa Rica she came up, and I said, just raise your hands. Boom, she hit the floor and spun like a top. <laughs> I thought, here's my thinking. Oh, my God. <laughs> now what am I going to say? So the Lord said to me, interview her and find out what I did. So I did. I said, what happened to you down there? She says, I've been abused all my life, and now I'm free. And she sat there like this. And I thought to myself, gee, the altar call is going to be a failure now. See, my deductions, my deductions were not accurate until I found out what God did. So immediately, I'm embarrassed because we see so much stuff going on and we see attitudes towards it because we're sanctified people. We have order. Some of these things really challenge me because when you go to the foreign field, it's not like here at all. And you come home from the foreign field and you walk into boredom. Jesus then takes the opportunity And he makes another announcement. He says, before he said this, though, he waited till they heard from the Father. He waited before he makes this announcement. He made sure they heard from heaven. Because his announcement had everything to do with revelation from God. It had nothing to do with their humanity at all. So I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock, I'm going to build my church. But see, he didn't make that announcement while first revelation there had to be a revelation for them to understand in the human mind, in the human heart, in the human soul, that God is involved in everything, and He is willing to reveal Himself. I'll build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. And so I heard one guy say, yeah, you know, Christians say, well, I'm in the church so that the devil can't touch me. That's true. We're in his house. But this is what he was really saying. I'm going to build my church. And the gates and councils of the gates of hell will not stop what I'm doing. That's what he's really saying. Satan cannot stop what God's doing in your life. He cannot, he cannot put a halt to it because Jesus made a declaration, I will build you. And the gates of hell cannot stop what I am doing in your life. You're my church. I'm working in you. I'm building in you who I am. man. What a program. And I'm like, as I, I'm I get excited. It's like, Lord, keep building. Don't stop building in my life. Let me walk in revelation truth, not human deductions. Uh, he was saying to his disciples, I'm the builder. It's my church, it's my house, and my truth, not your opinions. That's the essence of that verse. They had their opinions, but they had revelation. And what God was showing them, it's not your opinions that count because they're often not accurate. But what I reveal to you is truth. Truth. And your opinion didn't match up to my truth. And I think we need to be careful about our opinions. Everybody's got an opinion about everything, but nothing ever seems to get done. He probably said, Did you hear what the Father said? You got revelation. Did you hear? Did you hear what the Father said through Peter? Listen to what he said because it's the keys to the keys. It's the, it's the integral part of the keys that makes the keys work. The connection of revelation and the Father enables the keys to work. Are you alive out there? Am I putting you to sleep? Well, let me jar you. He's also saying the devil's power of darkness with all their deceptive plans made in the gates of hell are never able to stop what I am doing as I build my church and you are my construction site. How much time have I got left, David? It's over with, Jesus. Okay, let me, let me give you conclusions, okay? You've got to have some... Uh, I have to use Pastor David's and Daniel's concept here. Let me give you something practical. And I know David will allow me to do that. But here's, here's, the, here's where the keys will work. And I'm, I'm going to give them to you. And you can read it. Go home and read this. Isaiah 61, verse 1. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me to preach, to bind brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the vengeance of our God. The vengeance of our God here often is interpreted to be the, the final thing at the second coming. But I believe the vengeance of God in this in this context, is saying anything that's binding, I have a vengeance against. To comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that are in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And here's the purpose. Here's the purpose to all of this. And this is the house. That they shall build the old, no, that they might be called trees of righteousness. Hallelujah. The planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. That's the keys. The keys are to glorify. Anyway, you can read that because to me that's an application. So what he said with the keys He gave them the keys, and he said this. Whatever you bind on earth is already bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth is already loosed in heaven. That's the keys. Binding and loosing. So let's just take what's going on in the world today. I read to you that there are many diversities in the kingdom. There's all kinds of things happening. But we're part of what's happening. And so exercise the keys. Exercise the keys. Because the keys give you the ability to harmonize with what God has loosed and to harmonize with what God has bound. And in the way of closing... Some preachers have many ways of closing. It's one right after the other. (laughs) But anyway, just to give you an example, down in Costa Rica, I'm I'm, I'm preaching, and the Lord says, proclaim liberty to that woman over there. And I thought, what am I going to do? I just obey. So I looked at her and says, I proclaim liberty in the name of Jesus. And boom, she just broke into tears. Just like that. (laughs) the father coalesced with me saying I'm doing a work in that woman over there tell her and I did and it happened keys that's a key hearing is a key the disciples have to hear so they understand the keys work by hearing amen father thank you for your word we thank you for your blessing We thank you for your construction site. Hallelujah. You get rid of the rubble, and you get rid of the stubble, and you make us to become the servants of Almighty God with an expectation that what you said we can do. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.